What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week six of the Texas high school football season. I'm Alex Miller with the Eagle, joined always by Abigail Ochoa. What's going on, Abigail? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Doing good. Man, we had a big week last week. Um, so we'll get into that here in a minute. We got program defining wins. We got some injury updates. Uh, and, and later in the show, Tommy Davis, our friend over on the northeast side of the Brazos Valley, he's going to join us talking about District 11 2A Division 1, specifically that matchup on Friday night between Centerville and Leon. But first, the biggest headline of the week, at least in the Brazos Valley, and honestly, probably one of the bigger headlines in the state if you wanted to, uh, Rudder. Goes and beats Huntsville 31 to 28 in overtime. This game was bonkers. Uh, I was over there at Bauer Stadium over in Huntsville. Uh, Rudder trailed by 14 points twice, uh, once in the first half, once early in the fourth quarter. And the Rangers were resilient and found a way to tie it up, force overtime. And then on third and goal from the two yard line in overtime, forcing a fumble took about three minutes to figure out who actually <laughs> had the football. We had coach Ezar on the field. You had coach Southern from Huntsville on the field. I mean, nobody knew what was happening. And then out of nowhere, little Ryan Matthews from rudder comes out of the pile with the ball. The ref looks at him and goes, well, he's got it. Does his hands. And that was the game. So yeah. movie moment. Yeah, I, I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it was so dramatic. And it, I mean, I'm staring through my binoculars like, who has the football? I mean, <laughs> you see after fumbles, big piles of dudes. But I mean, this was the biggest pile of dudes that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, looking at that win, this has to be the biggest win in program history for Russia. 100%. Uh, this is the first time they've beaten Huntsville in eight tries. I did some research. I want to say Huntsville is the team that Rudder has faced the most in school history. So, I mean, the fact that Rudder hasn't beaten Huntsville before, they were the reigning district champions, district opener on the road, Huntsville's state-ranked team. This was a huge win for the program, uh, you know, just listen to coach Ezar after the game, you know, he huddles his guys up and, and kind of goes through like, this is what we've been building toward. This is his third season at rudder. This is what yeah. they've been building toward. When he got there, they had less than 20 guys in the football program. They had to recruit guys back. They had to go and seek dudes in the school to come and play for the team. They had some guys that transferred over from Brian. They had other guys move in. They had to sell guys on the vision. They had to get them to buy in. You know, they, they had the great start last year, weren't able to get it done in district play, missing out on the playoffs yet again. But this is a win that was a statement. It's it, it, it it's going to be one that we probably look back on potentially as this is where Rudder made its mark. Um, yeah. And E.J. And, and Ezar said it after the game. You know, this this is the biggest victory that we've had in program history. And, and they recognize that. I mean, the excitement, the joy that you saw on the sideline, it, 
it meant a lot to those guys. Yeah, for sure. I think you could just, I mean, when I saw that final score, I think every, I think everybody was so excited. You know, you just never, uh, for it to happen in that way over time, like you said, almost like a movie. Um, it's just really exciting for Rutter. And I think, I, I mean, this is where they start their playoff run. Like this is, this is the time you, you get a big win like this in your district opener against Huntsville, who's now not ranked at eight anymore. You know, Rudder didn't get in the rankings that maybe they thought that they would with this win, but they definitely pushed Huntsville out. So um, it's exactly what you want to see, especially in your first, you know, you want to always go one and Owen district, but to get a win like this is just, is a, you know, a coach's dream, a, a player's dream at this point. So the question is now, what can this win do for the Rangers? When, when you look at this district, there's six teams. Yeah. Three wins is probably going to get you into the playoffs. At least it did last year. Um, right. So with Rudder having one under its belt, they only need two more. Um, you know, I'm not going to look too far ahead, but based on the way AM Consolidated beat Lamar Consolidated on Saturday, I think Rudder's probably going to beat them. So that means you probably need one win out of four games to yeah. make the playoffs for the first time. But the, the key for Rudder now is going to be you can't let Friday's game become your Super Bowl. You have to use that as your launching pad into something bigger and better that you have been talking about and working for for years, not just this season, for years. Yeah. Um, you know, Abigail, you went and talked with Coach Ezar on Monday you know, what did he say about the win and just kind of how the Rangers are hoping to to springboard off of it? Yeah, so you mentioned, obviously, at, at this point, you probably need three wins. He, Izar told me they're trying to get to four. They're trying to get to four and oh. However they can do that, he thinks that that's their road to the playoffs. Um, so, of course, starting off with this big win over Huntsville gives them a leg up there. But if we remember around this time, you know, Rudder lost to Huntsville in the opener. They lost to Lake Creek, and then they lost to Montgomery. So they, they were already in the hole there. Um, that basically put them out of the playoffs there. So obviously this one, again, puts them ahead of the curve here. But like you mentioned, Montgomery is not going to be easy this year. Then they have full share, which we know is a little bit, which has improved this year. They obviously beat Lake Creek. Um, but then, like you said, you get Kinsaw and Lamar consolidated to end the season. Um, and Lamar consolidated, we saw, wasn't able to keep up at all with Kinsaw. So I think, you know, starting here right now, um, I think a win against Lake Creek is going to be really big. But I th definitely think the Huntsville game really got them on the right track. Um, but yeah, you know, Ezar said on Monday, he said, you know, we have that one game at a time mentality. And I think it's working for them so far. Um, you know, they're not too focused on making it to the playoffs. They know what they have to do to make it there, but they're not so, you know, one-minded of, of we have to make it or else, you know? Um, right. So I think that's really, really good for them. Um, you know, and he, he, he told me, you know, he said, you know, like I told the guys, this feeling is great. The, this winning feeling is amazing, but we want to feel it again. And if we want to do that, we have to focus on Lake Creek because Lake Creek is no joke. You know, we're not, um, we, you know, we've talked about this district before. This is not an easy district. 
Um, so yeah, I think they're really just, they're really focused on this week, but um, you know, I'm sure Saturday morning was a, a great feeling to wake up to. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. You know, how, how do you feel like Rudder can avoid the letdown against Lake Creek this week? Uh, and, and, and we're talking with coach Ezar and doing some research, you writing a story this week, previewing the yeah. game, you know, what, what are you, what are you kind of making of where the lions have been this season? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but the defense is going to be a key again this week. Um, you know, that rudder defense is just so strong. And I think, um, you know, we've talked about how they, they didn't have it as much as in past years. And that was really their downfall. I think, um, they've always been really strong on offense, but again, this week defense is going to be crucial. I mean, Lake Creek is coming off a 42 to 15 loss to full share, which I'm sure they did not expect at this time, especially in the opener. Um, so I'm sure that's giving them extra motivation to win this week. Um, you know, Ezar said this, you, you don't want to go 0 and 2 in this district. That is the, maybe the worst spot you could be at this point. Um, especially if you want to make it, make it to the playoffs. So, um, but, you know, Lake Creek brings back the running back, Justin Freeney. He ran for um, 1,100 yards last year. He helps Lake Creek really control the clock. Um, and, you know, Ezar said he's really good at getting, you know, five yards here, six yards here. And he, he, they just kind of put you in the hole that way, um, just getting him to, you know, handing the ball off to him. So um, I think that's what Rudder's defense is going to really have to look out for this week is really stopping Freeney and, and, and putting an end to – you know, those little runs here and there. Um, but, um, you know, one thing that's interesting this week is that Lake Creek's quarterback, Sawyer um, Matchett, is actually playing for an injured Kate Tesser who sprained his ankle um, two weeks ago um, against Morton Ranch. So I don't know who's going to be back this week at quarterback. Um, so I couldn't really tell you. Um, but I think Matchett and Tesser, either way, are pretty strong. Um, and like I said, they obviously have Freeney to go to if anything goes wrong there in their passing game, which we know Rudder has a, a great secondary. So, um, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to probably rely on Freeney a little bit more this week. But again, who knows, Tester could come back in and, and do great at quarterback. Either way, um, Lake Creek, you know, shut down Rudder's um, pass attack last year. We've seen EJ and, and uh, Jaquiz Martin really come up this year and, and really have a good connection there. So um, I think we'll expect to see more of that this week, um, you know, but Rudder has so many targets. I think that they'll be fine, even if they kind of contain Martin a little bit. Well, the question I have now is what do we make of this Huntsville team? This is still a really good Hornets team, but now they have to face AM consolidated on the road on Friday night, you know, watching Huntsville last week, A.J. Wilson at quarterback, very talented, very mobile. He's really quick to get out of the pocket when he faces pressure, uh, not, not scared to use his legs, knows how to get downfield too. You know, he, He's not a type of guy that's going to dance around and try and break somebody's ankles. He's going to find a hole in a crease, and he's just going to go for it and get that first down. Cameron Cole, he, he's a threat on the outside at receiver. Uh, uh Jawan Giddens, I was trying to remember his name, at running back. You know, it was interesting. In overtime, they took Wilson out and put Giddens in at Wildcat running back, which I thought was an interesting move, but very solid in the backfield. 
you know, this Hornets team, they're big, they're physical. I feel like those are traits that we see from Huntsville year in and year out. Um, but now they have to go face AM Consolidated, who rebounded last week with a really convincing win over Lamar Consolidated uh, Saturday night when, honestly, probably not a lot of people were paying attention. There were probably a lot of people here in town more frustrated <laughs> about the other AM and the way that they were playing. <laughs> but Coach Fedora's AM team, they didn't, they, they rolled over the Mustangs. Abigail, you were there. What'd you see from the Tigers last Saturday? For sure. I, I understand the hype, you know, not that I didn't before, but you know, I hadn't got to see them before. Um, We knew that Lamar consolidated was probably going to struggle against this console team just based on what they've done in these past few weeks. Um, But the Tigers dominated on all fronts. I mean, the defense had four turnovers and just in the second quarter, um, three interceptions, a forced fumble, uh, the offense was able to take advantage of the short fields and, and score on three of the four turnovers. You know, then you get your kicker, <laughs> Mofo Kitty, who blocks a punt and runs it in for a touchdown. Um, you don't see that often. I, I just think overall they looked really, really good. Daniel looked sharp. He got, he got shaken up a few times. He got to go to the sidelines a couple of times. But after the game, Fedora said, you know, he's fine. He's he, you know, he always returned after getting hit. So he looks great. Um, the defense saw two different quarterbacks and they pressured each one. I, I just think it looked really, really nice against this Lamar consolidated team. Um, and it's just, it, I think this is exactly what they needed to bounce back um, from that Willis loss. And I think they got exactly what they needed before going into this Huntsville game, which is, you know, less than a week after um, that Lamar consolidated the game. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the game, running back Keyshawn Thomas, he went down with an injury. Um, Talking with Coach Fedora on Monday, you know, Keyshawn going to be out for a couple weeks at least probably with that knee injury. Uh, It sounds like it might be a meniscus. Doesn't sound super serious. Uh, Sounds like he'll be back a little later this season, but – Definitely a, a tough blow for the Tigers because, I mean, out of the backfield, Keyshawn, very strong runner, only a sophomore, has become a threat in the passing game. But now the Tigers, they'll probably turn to either Roderick Taylor or Drain Miner. Abigail, what did you see from Roderick uh, on Saturday in, in, the, in the limited time that he had filling in for Keyshawn? Yeah, you know, um, Keyshawn, so Keyshawn got out. I, I believe the second second drive of the second quarter. Um, so pretty early considering they only had a 14 to zero lead at that point or 14 to three, I think something like that. Um, so not good to see. I mean, he immediately grabbed his knee. I, you know, you just knew at that point that he was probably going to be out. He didn't return obviously um, the rest of the game, but Roger Taylor, he's also a sophomore Keyshawn is, as well. Um, I mean, he, I think he did an amazing job. And I think I talked to Fedora about it after the game. And I was like, I, you got to be proud of this guy. I mean, he, he came in, um, you know, as, as Keyshawn Thomas's backup, which you don't expect Thomas to go down at all. So I'm sure he w- didn't expect to play it, uh, you know, other than it may be in the fourth quarter, but um, he came in, he scored two touchdowns, real, real nice runs. I mean, he just, he really came in and just calmed the offense down when you lose a guy like Thomas, you really need that, that calming force in there to kind of 
hey, we're okay, you know, especially if you don't have a big lead like that. But I, I think he did just that. And it was really good to see um, that even though Thomas is out, that they have somebody else to go to who, who's similar in that way. Well, and Dre Miner, I mean, I, I've seen him the first four weeks of the season and, uh, you know, coming in at times, filling in for Keyshawn after he's taken a two, three, four <clears throat> carries in a row. And, you know, they can really switch the gear with him. He's more of a bigger guy. You know, he'll he'll come in. He's going to hit a hole on, on a stretch play pretty strong. He's tough to tackle um, and, you know, play some defense. But uh, I, I think the Tigers will be all right. I am curious. This is something I'll pay attention to on Friday for sure is how do they how do they maybe change the way they use Brody Daniel in the run game? You know, Brody, very athletic can run the ball really well. We've seen at times that the Tigers have run some speed option. You know, do they do they run a little more of that? Do they have any quarterback draws? Do they have any kind of read option? Um, I'll be curious to see if anything of that nature changes. Consoles had a very balanced attack on offense this year, which has been a big reason why they've had so much success keeping defenses guessing every play. Uh, so, so that, that, that's something that I'll keep my eye on. I think it really helps Consol to have this one at home. You know, they lost the homecoming game to Willis. That was definitely their worst game they've played this season. Uh, very uncharacteristic at times of the, the Tigers team that we've seen otherwise this year, but, you know, don't have to go on the road. Um, Hunt, Huntsville coming there, um, Huntsville coming off a loss, AM consolidated coming off a win. You know, Coach Fedora said it though, like Huntsville has been the team that has given them the most trouble in the last three years. So this is this is definitely a team that Consol knows will will bring their best effort and give them their best shot. So we'll see. This should be a this should be a good game. Um for the sake of my deadline, I hope it's not another overtime game. But <laughs> Hey, if it was if it goes into overtime, that means it's probably a really good game. So uh, there you go. Moving along, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna get a midseason report card update on the College Station Cougars. They have their bye week this Friday. The Cougars are five and zero on the season. Abigail, you've seen every one of their games, correct? Yeah. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Um, you know, what has been the biggest strength of this Cougars team so far? Um, their defense, no doubt. And, it, uh, you know, they average, <clears throat> they're allowing 7.4 points per game. They're allowing 200, about 200 yards per game. I mean, they immediately change the tone and momentum every time. It seems like every week, um, you know, if the offense gets off to a little, a little bit of a slow start. I mean, the defense is always coming in there, making those possessions short. Um, and I think we really saw them come, you know, we talked about with the new Katie Porter game, um, they needed to obviously fix a few things and, and even with the big win, but I think we really saw them step up to the plate against Duquesne. They really, they had a big stop at the two yard line just before halftime, which completely changed the game at that point. You know, you can give New Caney, I, I, I think I, I think it was 21 to six 
they, New Caney gets that touchdown. You know, I, the halftime lead isn't as great. So I, it completely changed the game there. Um, the defense, I think, is their strength right now. But their offense is also so – I mean, it's so filled with so many people. Um, but we saw them get off to a faster start this week against New Caney, which is always good to see. I believe they scored on the first possession. Um, and, and, you know, they just need time to find a rhythm. And I think that's okay, um, at least right now. But um, I think for sure, overall, the, the defense is their specialty right now and, and what they're really leaning on. Yeah, you know, if there's anything we know about Coach Huff, he is never satisfied. He is always looking to improve and get better. Uh, even with the team as talented and as dominant as this one has been, where do you feel like College Station is still looking to make some improvements uh, as they go, go on their work week, per se, this week? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just remaining strong up front. I know um, a couple of weeks ago when we talked to Matt Stapp, he said that he thought that, that maybe that would be um, where they kind of struggled maybe later on this season. Um, but again, I think they really showed themselves against New Caney. That was probably, I would say, well, other than Magnolia, I don't want to say that wasn't a hard test, but I think New Caney was really a test for College Station. Um, they needed to bounce back from, from, you know, the penalties and turnovers of against Porter. And they really did that. And they were able to take care of New Caney pretty easily. And, you know, and they reaped the benefits of, of, of having a strong offensive line um, last week. But they are playing without SMU commit Corey Hendricks, which I think if you can play this well, <laughs> which I think they've only allowed um, – nine points in the last two weeks without Corey, um, who went down against Magnolia. I think if you can play well without him, then you're doing something right because that guy is um, a, a, just a really important guy to have on your line. Um, so they're doing something right. But I think if we, if I wanted to nitpick, I guess, um, that's where I think that they would need to improve. But they've started to lower the number, number of penalties. Um, and so that that just needs to continue. I know we've talked about that um, the past few weeks. Yes, we have. You know, just looking at looking at the schedule. I mean, the closest game that they've had was a twenty-eight point win against Magnolia. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the schedule ahead, um, Lufkin and Magnolia West pose probably the biggest challenges, both road games. You know, are those the two teams you feel like will probably be the ones that challenge the Cougars? And do you think either of those teams can go four quarters toe-to-toe -to -toe with them? I think Magnolia West for sure. I, I think we'd be remiss not to say them at this point. <laughs> They're the only other, um, you know, 8-5A uh, Division One team that's undefeated right now with, with College Station. New Caney was before the loss to uh, College Station last week. Um, I, I think, I think Lufkin, you're right. I think we'll give them a hard time, but, um, you know, college station at that point will be coming off off week, which is where Huff said that they're probably going to condition most of the week. So I think they'll be ready for that. I think maybe, you know, Lufkin will give them a hard time in the beginning there, but, um, I see college station kind of running away with that one later on, but yeah. And then the, you know, the Cougars end with, uh, Cleveland, Caney Creek and, uh, Waller, well, and then Meg West, sorry, at the end. But 
that middle stretch there with with um, Cleveland, who's one and two, Caney Creek, who's zero oh and two, and Wallers, who won, who's one and one. Um, I think they'll be good there. But yeah, for sure, Mag West. I think Magnolia West is really surprising people this year. You know, they broke last year. They didn't make the playoffs, breaking a ten season streak. Um, they opened the season with wins over Brenham and Six Ace Temple, um, who we just saw play Brian. Um, but you know, they get seven starters back on on defense. Um, and they've only allowed 13.8 points per game. And then offensively, you have a pretty strong crew there with, you know, Hunter Bilbo at tailback and quarterback Brock Dalton and Ryan Ojeda. Um, I don't actually know who's starting for them right now at quarterback. Um, it seemed like last week it was Ryan and the weeks before it was Dalton, but either way, they're doing really well. Um, so I think ending with ending district with that, it's going to be a tough test for College Station um, obviously a game that's going to, they're going to want to win to stay undefeated, which I'm sure they will be at that point. Um, but yeah, for sure, Mag West, I think it's going to be the toughest one in the second half here. Well, coming up next, Tommy Davis, he's going to join us breaking down district 11, two, a division one. We'll be back here in a minute. Welcome back everyone to the Brazos sports preps cast joining us now. Uh, Tommy Davis from KMVL 100.5 FM. He's on the radio broadcast. Teams up in Leon County. Got some northern area teams that he's he's called some games for. Tommy's been on the show before. Tommy, how's it going? Been been a while since we've talked to you. It's it's been good. Yes. Well, uh, last year I was on, on talking about uh, Franklin and Centerville, uh, but uh, yeah, we've got several games under our belt so far and starting district this week. So looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you'll be on the call this Friday. Big one up in Leon County, Centerville versus Jewett Leon. You know, with, with District 11, 2A Division One starting this week, you know, how, how's that district kind of stacking up from what you've seen so far in non-district play? You know, going into the season, I, I kind of figured it would be Norman G and, and Centerville fighting for the top spot. Uh, and then everybody else going for, for third and fourth. Uh, now that we've gotten – the pre-district games out of the way. Uh, Centerville looks like the the team to beat. Uh, and the thing is, they're young. A lot of sophomores on that team. Uh, but they're just, you know, they're rolling over people and some, and some pretty good teams. They're, they're defensively, they're very sound. Uh, they've got five or six kids that can just run it, run it down your throat. Uh, and they're all young kids. Uh, so they're the team to beat. Um, Norman G has slipped a little bit the last couple of weeks, and I'm kind of thinking now, in my opinion, it's going to be Centerville. As of right now, I'm thinking Centerville uh, and then Grapeland, Alto, and Norman G to fight for three, four, and five. Yeah, you know, you talk about how good Centerville is. We've talked about it probably more than any other area team this um, year. They just, week in and week out, they put up great numbers. Um, how great has it been for them to get Paxton Hancock back, but not only have him have Levadic Phillips and Halston French kind of in there helping him out too. It's been huge. You know, they were, they were a good team last year before district started and they lost the Hancock kid. He broke his leg the week, the week before district. And it was downhill from there. That was their main kid going into last year. Uh, it's huge to have him back, but they've got a, a better supporting cast this year 
So that can take a lot of those carries, you know, off the shoulders of Paxton. They can share that with the Phillips kid. Uh, the uh, there's uh, there's like I said, there's five or six of them now, uh, and they're, most of them are sophomores. Uh, I think Paxton yeah. might be a junior this year. Yes. Um, but the French kid had I don't know four or five touchdowns uh, a week or two ago. Yeah. Had uh, two or three touchdowns last week, and he's a sophomore. Uh, it's just a young team, and here's that's the thing. They're going to be good for the next several years. When you look at Leon, the, the team that Centerville is going to play this week, um, you know, Leon, they're 3-2, and two, lost a couple of close games, but for, for some of it, you know, they haven't really seemed to skip a beat after last year's kind of strong season. It, it seems like they've switched it up on offense a little bit, though, uh, maybe going a little bit more with the run, uh, what can you say about the way maybe Coach Culvert's tailored that offense to maybe the personnel he has, especially running the ball to Luis Guillen? You know, that's that's one thing about Coach Culvert. He's an offensive genius, and he, he takes what he has and, and uses that to the to his strength. Uh, last year they were a, a team that threw the ball around a lot, uh, lost a couple of those receivers. They're, they've got a better running game this year. Uh, so he takes advantage of that. Uh, coming into the Centerville game, though, as, as – sound defensively as Centerville is, he's going to have his hands full. Uh, they've, they've had a couple, I think they're three and two coming into right. the game mm-hmm. uh, Friday night. Um, a couple of those, you know, they played, they beat a one and four Dawson team, um, beat a Somerville team that's, I think, two and three right now. Um, they, they've played, uh, you know, they beat a 0 and five KU team last week. So the wins has uh, helped the record. Uh, I don't know if they've played a team as, as – well, Rosebud Lot may be a team, you know, comparable to Centerville. Um, but it's going to be a tough, tough game for them for sure. Now let's move on to another team in 11-2A, obviously Norm G. You mentioned that you think that they're going to be fighting for that fourth spot in the playoffs. Um, they've obviously been struggling these past few weeks. Um what do you think the Panthers can do to get back on track? Well, they've got – I've seen them – they've had one game that I've seen. Uh, we had the call on the, on the Norman G. Bremont game. Um, and the Jones kid, they had, they had three or four kids that really stood out to me in that game. Uh, they had a kid that switched over from defense to offense this year, playing both ways, but, but moved over to, to the offensive side. Um, and I cannot remember his last name, Van, Van something. Oh, Van Bokenberg? Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Very talented kid. Uh, compliments the Jones kid uh, and a couple of other, other kids that could really play. Uh, all of them had an outstanding game against Bremont, but I haven't seen them since. And something's happening over there in the last, you know, two or three weeks uh, that, that didn't, doesn't coincide with what I've seen. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I think I said, well, I'll go three, four, and five. Two, three, and four is where they're going to be fighting with Alto and Bremont, or Alto and uh, Graveland for those spots, uh, the way it looks right now. But, yeah, it's I'll see them again. I've got them in Centerville, and I also have Norman G. and Leon this year. Uh, and those will those will be some pretty important games for them. Well, Tommy, yeah, you mentioned you, you've seen Bremont. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've called a Franklin game or two. You know, who else in the area in the Brazos Valley has maybe stood out to you? And 
can anyone keep up with Franklin? We, I mean, we've talked about them, but we haven't really gotten anyone's opinion uh, on them necessarily. Yeah, I don't – personally, I've seen Franklin twice this year against Cameron Yo and um, last – a week before last against Troy. Um, they, they've played some top ten teams and just manhandled them. Uh, they had a great game against uh, – uh, was it the team over around Waco? Uh, Lorena. Lorena. Yeah, was it Lorena? Yeah. Uh, great game there. Lorena's a Division One team. Franklin's playing in Division Two. Uh, but I don't think there's any, I don't see anybody in that district that can that can take care of Franklin. Uh, Rogers might come the closest. Lexington maybe. Um, Rogers playing some good football. They handled Buffalo pretty easily last week. But Franklin's just in a class by themselves. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're one of the best teams I've seen play uh, in several years. For sure, for sure. Um, now going back to this Friday's game against Central Leon, what are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, this Friday, you know, for for Centerville, and I haven't. We've had a game with Leon, but I uh, I missed that week, so I didn't see the actual game. That uh, we had the Leon Dawson game. I had a friend of mine cover that game for me, so I haven't seen Leon's offense yet. Uh, for Centerville, uh, I think they'll do a lot of the same thing. They're just gonna they've got a quarterback that'll hand the ball off. Now they'll pass maybe three to five times a game. Uh, I can see them possibly if they built up some cushion there uh, in the second quarter, third quarter, maybe trying to work on that passing game. Uh, but for the most part, I see Centerville just handing the ball off to, to the Hancock kid, the French kid, the Phillips kid. Uh, and, you know, the list goes on. Uh, and that big offensive line for the Tigers can just open up holes everywhere on the, on the field. Uh, the kids gets out. If any of those kids get outside, they're hard to contain. Um, it's going to be tough for Leon. It's going to be very tough. And Centerville defensively, uh, very they're very strong up front. Uh, they got some kids that can play the secondary real well. Um, Cougars going to have their hands full Friday night for sure. Well, Tommy, before I let you go, how can how can folks tune into the podcast listen to listen to your radio call on Friday night? Uh, we'll be on one hundred point five FM. That's KMVL out of Madisonville. They can also stream the game. Uh, they can go to KMVL.net and follow the link there for the live stream, or it's. Uh, if they want to uh, go to kmblfm.caster.fm, they can listen to the game there as well. Awesome. Well, Tommy, thanks for talking with us. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking with you soon what, what, down the line, whether it's about Centerville, Franklin, or maybe someone else that, that pops up and surprises us. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoyed it, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll be back here in a minute with more discussion on this week's games. Welcome back, everyone. It's our final segment. Abigail, we've kind of covered the games this week. Uh, what's one area game that you've got your eye on this Friday? Yeah, so Calvert will be at St. Joe's. Um, I'm really excited to see the final score of this game. I think it, it's going to be another uh, just a really high six-man score. But, um, you know, Calvert's coming off its win against Allen Academy 52 to 32 or 55 to 32. St. Joe's beat Allen Academy a couple of weeks ago, 90 to 68. I mean, when you put these guys, to, when you put these teams together, I can imagine the score is going to be in between one of those um, teams. But both got, both teams have players who are putting up monster numbers so far. Um, St. Joe's, you have Reed 
Milholland, uh, Levi Rice, Mark Missler, uh, Luke Schumann, um, just to name a few. They, you know, these last two weeks have been, they've been playing pretty easy teams, but before that they had pretty heavy hitters. They only lost to Covenant Christian that um, in the opener of the, the season opener, they're putting up great numbers. I think Alec is probably tired of me talking about <laughs> how good the St. Joe's team is every week. Um, but you know, when you have <clears throat> three guys on your team who have at least six touchdowns, I mean, it's pretty nice. But um, I at least underestimated Calvert a couple of weeks ago when they played at Allen Academy and they shut and shut all of that down. They're still ranked in the polls. Um, Jacaria Shells had six touchdowns against Allen Academy. MJ Thomas had four touchdown catches. <clears throat> um, he's a tall guy. We know he can. He, he has pretty good reach. And then Kavandre Corona and, and Conan Thompson had two interceptions for a touchdown. So I'm really excited to see um, these two teams really clash and, and play some good football, I would assume. Well, the game I've got my on, it's the Battle of the Bell. Cameron Yove hosting the Rockdale Tigers. Cameron got its first win last week. And, you know, they went on the road to Caldwell, who has done pretty good. They've done all right in Coach Patterson's first season. Um, was not expecting it to be a 70 to zero game, though. Um, that that really caught me by surprise. Um, yeah. you know, Cameron, we we talked about it last week. They've they had started 0 and 4 and played a really difficult non-district schedule. I mean, you look at it, they had the overtime loss to Lago Vista, which they probably should have won. They yeah. lost by 15 to state-ranked Belleville at the 4A level. We're competitive in that game. You lose to Franklin, who we talked to Tommy. Nobody's been able to keep up with them. And then you lose to Lake Belton, who will be a 5A, 6A school here in the next couple of years once they actually get all four grades in. So, you know, y- y- you look at that 0-4 and, and you're like, yeah, but this Cameron team's a lot better than that. And that was shown last week in the win over Caldwell. You know, on the on the flip side of it, Rockdale, you know, they got a win over McGregor last week, starting strong in district play. Um, beat Lexington earlier this year pretty, pretty handedly. I think this is going to be a classic game between these two rivals. You know, last year, Rockdale really gave it to Cameron, um, but – this one should be much closer. I think Cameron is a three-point favorite, yeah. which I guess makes sense. You, you give the home team a three-point edge, as the great Robert Cessna says, um, or you give three points to the home team, excuse me. <laughs> but, yeah, this is going to be a really good game, uh, a rivalry game, and, you know, probably probably have some impact on the district standings when, when you look at it because um, – Cameron, Cameron, Lorena, Rockdale, all there want to know on the year. You know, those are three teams that we would probably typically see in the playoffs in any given year. But yeah, definitely a game. That's definitely a game that I've got my eye on this week. All right. I think that's going to do it, Abigail. So there we go. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in another episode of the Brazos Sports Preps cast. Like, subscribe, follow, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Woo! We're on both of those. So 
We will see y'all next week talking more Texas high school football.